everybody. Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Kamazeski with Tyler Weeb. Today, we're going to talk about big goals, which I think everybody should seek to attain. And I like Tyler, as you know, to, to try to tie things as much as we can back to cognitive psychology or social psychology and, and look at what culture is telling us is important in terms of self-development. But I think we also have to make sure we separate that from just the bestseller woo-woo kind of information that we get. And this is one of those areas because I, I probably have bookshelves like lined with, with goal attainment things, you know, all of these uh, like David Goggins and, and all that. And I'm that guy who loves to achieve things. I think my, my background, you know, confirms that, but I think we have to do something as far as an entire arc or we get lost in that because how many times, Tyler, have you seen somebody pursue something really, really major? They're, they're working so hard to get to the end of that degree, or they want to win this, this pro card or, or win this pro title. And then when that day is finished, where are they? Where do they go? What's next? And, and there is such a massive drop-off, almost a literal rebound depression. So I want to talk about goal attainment in that framework and, and what to do next. You know, when, when you get to that day, what's the next thing? And I think we have to back all the way up to, you know, why did you even start that? What did it mean to you? So, you know, I, I typically kind of land between those two worlds, academic and then kind of... Uh, you know, performance and so forth, the, the two things that I've chosen to, to really sink my career into. But um, I, I just wonder what, what that does in your mind in terms of a topic. Where does that take you? Uh, it, it takes me back to my last, like my last contest prep, really, because I remember, you know, really going through some of those post-show blues. And you'll hear like a lot of competitors talk about that uh, you know, after the show, because then it, like you said, you know, it does become oh, well, what's next. Right. And I know I've talked about the, you know, my last show a little bit on this, you know, how much I did put into it and you know how proud I was of it. And yeah, you get almost so caught up in, in the present because at a certain point in a contest prep, you are living day to day, because if you think about, you know, the future, you're just going to see more hunger, more cardio. And so it's just best to kind of go, this is where I'm at right now. And so you kind of just push your head down and, and kind of keep putting in the work without really thinking too much about, you know, post-show, you're just trying to get to the show at that point. And, you know, when you do put that much of yourself into, into something like that, you can almost get lost in the weeds a little bit because you've worked six, seven months of just prep, not even thinking about all the time you spent building. So, you know, we're talking about years of building up to this single moment and I always find it, you know, kind of, you know, funny, if you will, is that if you're on stage for a total of five minutes, maybe that day, and then it's over, then it's done. And it's like this sheer drop off all of a sudden of, I have been working so damn hard. I've been tracking my macros to, to a T to the point where like we're tracking gum um, and, you know, all of this cardio and just like that, it's over, it's gone. And everything that you've kind of, you know, poured yourself into, it's, it's almost over. And so 
you kind of almost bring your head out of out of the sand, if you will, and go, oh, now what? Like, I got to get back to, you know, whatever's considered normal life. What does that even look like and mean? Because prep has become such a normal. And so uh, you may have wrapped up a lot of your identity into this prep for the last six, seven, eight months, what have you. And all of a sudden, you've got to kind of almost find this new identity. Well, get your old one back, if you will. I don't want to say maybe a new one, but you have to recalibrate. Yeah. And I was just talking to a, a coach today in my facility about this. And uh, he even said with his own training, like he's just in this cycle right now where he's finding it's just not as full of, of zeal. It's like, you know, there are just, I, I, he said, I know those workouts in those times where I just can't wait to get in the gym. It's the highlight of my week. And then there are times where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get it in there and my training in, it's going to be great. And then other times he really feels like he has to drag himself in. And what you're describing from a post-contest perspective, I think you just can't find a more critical and, and dire example because other things that, that happen, I, I mean, postpartum depression has almost a physiological you know, angle to that very foundationally. And again, like when you graduate from college or something, typically you're now going to elevate your career in some way. You're going to pursue this Thanks next so job. Forward. And so there's a next step. You're, you're diving right into that next, next level. Yet with something like that, that is very self-driven and self-determined, there is a massive letdown. And, and I think, again, if, if you can keep it in context, and I feel like it's almost a concession in some people's mind, where if they're thinking past that goal, well, it proves I don't want it enough. Or if I'm thinking past that goal, I'm not giving it all I can. I've got to put all of my eggs in that basket. I've got to burn my bridges like this is do or die. But even if you win, you're still faced with the same thing of what's next. So I think we have to consider that in the context of whether it's pursuing this, like a, a new job or a new career, a new degree, or this next level in your contest prep you know, it, it is part of a bigger chain. It's one link. So as soon as you are done with that, win or lose, what is your plan? You know, not don't wait until that night or the next day to decide, already have in mind that this segment of your career is for something and what are you going to do that next day? One, one maybe quick curious side note is we all know about kind of the, the show day high. So I'd be, I'd be curious to see, you know, because we know dopamine rises in anticipation of an event. So I'm curious to, you know, we get so excited because we're almost there that we have almost this buildup of dopamine prior to the show, massive dopamine dump show day. We, we did it, we accomplished. And then I wonder if we're almost like in that negative balance, you know, over those next couple of days. I don't know, just a, just a curious thought that, that, that kind of randomly popped into my head. Yeah. Well, you know, first from a neurochemical perspective, I don't know if you run out of dopamine, like, you know, that that's, you know, from, from MDMA, MDNA, MDNA, is that right? Uh, in, in your brain, like, like there is a, there is a chemical threshold. And when you, when you kind of squeeze out all the serotonin in your brain, it can take several days to recalibrate, but you, you nailed it perfectly by saying dopamine is the pursuit neurotransmitter. And so what happens is that, that next day, if you don't have something to pursue, you just don't feel it. Yeah. And so you're not going to release it. And, and that's why I said, you know, win, lose or draw, you have to have something that you're really excited about. And I, yeah. I feel like I 
just got kind of lucky in the fact that I never really enjoyed the stage experience. I was never going to be, I mean, I, I won shows and I got up to a you know decent pro level and all that, but you know, it was always a battle within the battle and there were, there were sequential steps to take. And so I had to think in terms of that long-term career trajectory, it wasn't going to be just like, when, 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 and so for me, the fun was always in the training. I loved the off season. I couldn't wait for that next week to increase my calories. So my squat was going to go back up again. And, you know, to this day, 40 years of training, I'm still, I mean, you should see the leg workout. We just said very rem- reminiscent of when you were here. I did a very similar days. leg workout today. Yeah. Um, I've got nothing that I'm training for, <laughs> except for that pure pleasure of, you know, longevity and strength and functionality, but that's the expectation in my mind. And that is set on a much longer track than just one day. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever, you know, we, I bring a client out of a dieting phase or, you know, a prep or anything like that, you know, I, I try to like to focus on a few things to get them to look forward to. Because I, I always feel like you need to set a goal. Building muscle is not a goal because it doesn't have this like no, I am going to do X, right? It, building muscle is just, it's kind of urethral. It doesn't really mean anything other than just, you know, building muscle. So I always like to have some strength goals. Uh, once we get past the initial recovery phase of, of the diet, you know, I'm, we're not testing any five rep maxes, you know, <laughs> a week post-show. But once we're kind of getting into a more comfortable spot, calories have come up a little bit, maybe body fats come up just a tiny little bit. We've restored some of our glycogen, I go, okay, we need some strength goals because we need to get ourselves excited about coming to the gym and give us something to work towards. Because again, building muscle, is just kind of this, you know, this thing that we say. So if I can go, no, okay, I want to bench whatever, 225. I want to hip thrust 315. Okay, let's set that. Like, let's make that a goal. Um, and, and it can be kind of whatever you want. I want to start doing pull-ups again. Maybe you lost your pull-up strength over the, over the course of a, a, a prep. It can really honestly be anything you want, as long as it's something that you know you're going to enjoy pursuing towards and, and it's something like that. On the other hand, I also want them to start reconnecting with a you know, more normal balance of life compared to the gym. So we're reducing cardio or we're transferring our cardio to, to outside and, and doing other things. Maybe it's getting back into another, like a hobby, a sport. Like it's, it's something else to occupy your time because you're not going to be doing as much cardio on the treadmill or, or what have you. Um, you're not going to be as intensely weighing your food. And so to find things to start reconnecting with other parts of your life is pretty important. Of course, unless, you know, prepping and bodybuilding is your life, then, then that is a different story. But I think for most people, it's going to be something that they, they do. I don't want to say a hobby, but you kind of know what I I'm getting at is they may compete only once every three, four years. And so we do need other things that are going to fill our time, family time, etc. cetera. You, I, I had three points in my notes for this particular session. And you just covered all three of them in, in that, that segment. Uh, number one, it is that for, first of all, just going back to dopamine, which you brought up, uh, that is something to manage. So, so dopamine research now shows us the newest research. Everybody wants dopamine, 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 dopamine. That's the pursuit hormone goals. Go, go get it. Synthetic drug. But, but what it does is it amplifies chaos. It amplifies our impulsive nature. 
So if you just chaotically pursue a goal, then you're feeding into that frenetic energy. And what I'm talking about is backing up and having a more logical plan. You, you want to have that energy. You want to, you want it to mean everything to you. But I think we have to remind ourselves that we are capable of pretty complex layered thinking. And I can give everything I can to that goal and know that that's just a sub goal in this larger arc of my goals. So, so managing dopamine is critical, meaning as soon as you're done with something, you have to know that you can celebrate that. It was great. Again, win, lose, or draw. It was that step you needed to take. Now, what's that next thing? And I was going to use strength goals as an example also, because again, speaking to this coach today, I said, you know, in my entire career, that was the most fun I've ever had is when I was pursuing a really serious strength goal that took me six months or a year or even two years. I mean, I think I, pers I, I, I was pursuing a 500 pound deadlift for like 10 years and I finally got it. Uh, and then I jumped way over to like 525, 535. Um, but, but the third point is what you said, take those times then to throttle back. Um, every time I finish a master's degree, which I, I just kind of do these things for self-learning and fun, you know, I mean, it's got my entire attention for a year or two. Like when I, like, that's all you can do with your spare time. I'm devoting an entire day a week to it. I'm, I'm studying at night. I'm doing all these things very similarly when that's finished, I'm like, wow, now what do I do? Like I was given 20 hours a week to this. And now what do I do? I have to be ready to do something productive or I'll fall into that void of just feeling, you know, aimless. And so I, I really, really, really do feel, we, we were talking about this off camera. And one of the things that I told you is it's not how hard somebody's working. It's not, are they working enough? It's, are you working on the right thing? And that's where the logic comes in over dopamine. Use logic to know you have a plan and then you can unleash as much dopamine as you want into that, which I'm a fan of, but it has to be part of that overall strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like we were talking a little bit about this off camera and it's so important you know, to have, I'm going to reiterate kind of your point here. Cause I think, yeah, it is so important is yeah, you've got to have that direction. We have to know like logically where we're going. And so, you know, it's almost like you got to have your vision board, right? At the very top, you know, you've got this big overarching goal. Actually, I'm legit thinking about doing this like for myself. I think this may not be a bad idea to just have right up in the office and, and boom, boom, boom. You know, you've got work your way backwards. Um, extrapolate backwards big goal okay now what do i need to do to reach that goal and you know it's obviously going to have to recalculate we can't completely control life you know that is going to throw us curveballs this is where that diet break comes in all, all of a sudden you need that that back-to-back -back refeed day and you need to re quick recalibrate because something happened but it's not that it changes like the general principle of those sub goals, you know, working towards that, that big goal. I also would like a 500 pound deadlift too, please. Hey, it's, I think you're on your way. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're there. We're at like a, you know, 405, 410 for a single right now. So we're, we're coming. Yeah. I I'm telling you, man, when it, when it comes to strength and physique sport, there is nothing like that grind. Just, you know, if you want your adrenaline to be just coursing through your body, 
hours before your workout, the night before that workout. I mean, like you said, don't have a goal of I'm going to go gain muscle or I'm going to get a good workout, like literally have that goal and engineer your training and your nutrition toward that. I know that's what we do as coaches for clients, but I want to, I want to step back into um, that layered thinking concept because the people that I see that really struggle with this, they live in this sense of failure or, um, you know, they can't function without a goal that's too overpowering. And so coming back to the layered thinking, it's like, I can pour all of my energy into this for this part of the day, for how I have things scheduled in the week, then I can still do other things in my life. And, and when even somebody who has that just, you know, Michael Jordan last dance kind of mindset where there's just nothing that means more to you than winning, you still have to be okay the day that 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 moment is over of either reaching toward the next thing and being happy, being okay with whatever the results were. Um, and, and the people that I, I see that just can't get that mental balance right, they constantly feel like they're, they're either not good enough, they're failing, they're not achieving what they should. There's, there's always this comparison to some ideal or other people, and it just sucks the life right out of them. And I, I really, it, it pains me to see that. I do. I, I'm going through that right now. Like that, that is totally me. Um, and I know on this podcast, like we, we want to be real and, and we want to be vulnerable. And that is a state that I am living in right now and really grinding through. I, there are other things just going on in life, of course, but yeah, it, and it's, it is a hard place to, to find yourself in and man, it's just like, you got to keep showing up no matter what. And I think I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. And I know we're probably getting to, to the length here, but you know, you have to be willing to know that your best each day is going to be a little different. It is going to adjust. It is going to be not what you would always expect your best to be. And that is, that's also a very tough, tough thing because you know, I think, you know, what you said is, you know, living up to this ideology. And I think, you know, throughout just our whole society right now, or at least maybe Western society, it's grind, 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 you know, work. If you're sleeping more than five hours a night, you're doing it wrong type of thing. Right. And it's just become this, like, I have to, for some reason, live up to this. And it's just like lifting. We need our deloads. We need to back off. We need to auto-regulate ourselves because you can't just go 110% all the time, you're going to burn out and you're being selfish. You know, it, it, it seems like you need to do that, but you're being selfish because you're doing not only yourself a disservice, but you're doing those around you a disservice too, by just burning yourself out. I think you just laid out a perfect dual track. If you can ask yourself these two questions at the end of every day, I think it would help bring the intensity into focus, which is, if I died today, have I, am I on the pace to accomplish what I want? Even if I'm not there yet, because, you know, I don't plan on dying today. So there are things I still want to accomplish, but would I be okay? Have I done what I wanted to do? And then the other parallel track to that is, did I enjoy it? If, if I'm doing this for other people, if I'm doing it for some ideal that was just stupid or wrong, 
because of, you know, um, Western predatory capitalism, where, like you said, everybody has to be just wedded to this hustle culture, then you do it for the wrong reasons. Do it for what you want. Do it for your own self-development or career development. But both things, man, like, am I happy with how I have performed and am I enjoying it? Because like you said, I've had this conversation with a couple different clients this week. A day of neutrality is not a bad day. A day where you did stop and smell the roses is not a bad day. A day when you just relaxed and enjoyed what you've accomplished so far is not a bad day. Those, that's what you're working toward is to be able to stop and relax and enjoy that, you know, sharpen your ax and then get back in the hunts. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. To kind of bring it, you know, back to let's say, you know, the, this whole fitness industry, the hardest thing someone can do is just sit at maintenance for six months and just chill and just hang out and just right. relax. That is the hardest thing for someone to do because it's all you either got to be building, reversing this, 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 or you got to be losing fat. Man, like let's just let's just find our maintenance. Let's operate within three to four hundred calories of that on eighty to ninety percent of the time. Let's get strong. Let's lift some weights. Let's have good energy. And and like you said, stop and smell the roses. Go do something else. Like you don't need to be in the gym 10 hours, 15 hours a week for your whole life. All right, man. Well said, well said. And for all of you guys watching, listening again, go do big things. I mean, both of us endorse that. Do the biggest, hardest things you can, but make sure you're managing them. Make sure you're enjoying them and make sure you're sharing them with the people you love. We'll see you next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.